Welcome, everyone. My name is Reverend Nancy Cole, and I'm a retired elder in the North Alabama Conference of the United Methodist Church. I am thankful to be here with you again, doing another podcast on prayer. The title of this podcast is I'm Not Doing It Right. That comes from a workshop I I give on prayer, and I did from time to time in churches where I served. It was interesting because as I would have these workshops on prayer, my first question to the participants was, why did you come to this workshop? Why do you want to participate? And overwhelmingly, the answer would be something like this, because I'm not doing it right. So I want to explore that with you a little bit in this podcast and tell you where I began to think about their question and how to really work my workshops in such a way that I could help them understand ways of looking at prayer that might not just be about doing prayer. When I grew up, I grew up in the Baptist tradition, as many of you probably did and are in that tradition. And one thing that we had, and I would imagine Baptist churches still do, is prayer meeting on Wednesday night. I never missed Wednesday night prayer meeting. It was really one of my favorite times to be in the church because the older people in the church were always there. Part of that prayer meeting time was witnessing. We don't do that much anymore, at least not in the tradition of the United Methodist Church. There are ways we witness, but I'm talking about to come together on a Wednesday night solely to witness and pray. If you are doing that, good for you. But I enjoyed that because the older people of the church would get up and testify. I enjoyed those testimonies as a, even as a young woman and a young girl, because they strengthened my faith to hear how these folks live their life of faith, even with all the difficulties. And of course, we heard many difficult stories to listen to, but how God brought them through those, even week to week, and the challenges it was to live life in the real world and really hold on to the power of prayer. That wasn't something that I really had in my life at that time. But I thought to myself, when I would hear a saint of the church get up and pray, there were a few of them that just could pray the most wonderful prayers. You thought the Spirit itself had just come down upon them and just entered all our hearts because it was powerful. And I thought, well, I can never do that. I'm not sure that prayer is something that I'm going to be gifted to do for sure. And hear that word I just said, to do. So from those prayer meetings, though, I gained a wonderful understanding of the power of prayer. Even if all I heard was oral praying, praying out loud. And I became someone who could pray a decent prayer out loud. But it never felt... It never felt to me like that I was really doing anything but performing a prayer. And I knew that wasn't right. That was not the thing I experienced in prayer meetings. I wanted to say the right things. I wanted to be sure I asked God for the right things, especially praying with someone else. So my early experience of prayer was a very powerful one, but I really had not grown enough as a Christian to understand how powerful. 
When I went to my Emmaus walk in 1984, one of the things that impressed me the most was the prayer coverage, the bathing in prayer that we received at that 72-hour Emmaus walk. I, I found out that there were prayers going on the whole time, the whole 72 hours we were there. People were praying for us every hour of the day, of every day. That just amazed me that people would actually do that. And then we found out that the speakers who spoke to us during the weekend were being prayed over and prayed for as they were actually giving their talks. And a lot of that involved praying out loud, but a lot of it did not. There were other ways people were praying in that time. And I found out some of that as I went along. So I left there. And I suppose the thing that I left with the most, other than understanding the love of God in a way I never had and God's grace in a way I never had, I left there with this sense of prayer being the key to spiritual growth, to really getting close to God and really understanding how to grow as a Christian. So that was one of my goals in my vocation as a Christian. I had not entered the ministry by any stretch in 1984. God had a lot of work to do with me before he called me to be a, a clergy person. But the prayer workshops that I later did came directly from all my experiences of prayer up to that time. I did those after I became an ordained clergy. But before that, I went to my pastor at a church and said, could I start a prayer ministry here at our church so people could be praying for you while you're preaching. And that's how my first beginnings of prayer started. I did organize, we had three services, if you can believe that, and I organized teams for each service so that people would be signed up to go in there and be praying during the service. I really got a lot of feedback from these participants, and most of it was very positive. They said, they always wanted to do it again because it was powerful for them. And it wasn't just that they sat there and prayed out loud. They may have done that some, but I had all different ways in there that they could be in prayer for our services. So that was a really positive experience for me. But then as I began to grow, I began to learn that there were so many forms of prayer to be explored and I wanted to base my workshops as I began to do them on different things out of Scripture that would certainly make sure that we were scripturally based in how we approached prayer. Steve and I had the most incredible experience. I guess we were in um, Claude Whitehead's group back in around 1985, a group that eventually became Community of the Mantle, but Claude was our spiritual director in our conference at that time. So Steve and I had a wonderful time of prayer in that group. At that time, we began to explore different ways of spiritual growth, of course, in Claude's group. We also understood the way that God worked through prayer and its importance in our spiritual growth. So I began to look at Scripture about prayer, and of course we know in Ephesians 6, 8, about prayer and and then in Matthew 6, 5 through 8, Jesus tells us, Don't pray like the hypocrites who pray to be seen by man, but go into your room and close the door and pray. Those were two important scriptures. It's Ephesians six eighteen, and Matthew 6, 5 through 8. 
But then, of course, there was two things that Jesus was trying to tell us about prayer in the scriptures that we have a prayer. And one was to pray with patience, and another was pray with complete trust in God. That is how I began to approach the workshops as well, why we pray and how we pray and all the ways we can pray and how Jesus expects us to pray. And of course, in Luke 11, 1 through 28, or in Matthew 6, uh, 9 through 13, we have the model prayer of the Lord's Prayer. And it's there's a shorter version in Luke than in Matthew. With that biblical basis, and there's so many other examples of prayer, not just in the Gospels, but in the epistles as well, of praying. But Steve and I did have this extraordinary experience when we were in the group led by Claude Whitehead. Our group was a pilot group for Ron Delbane to explore his ways of writing about prayer that would change a whole generation of prayers through the first book he wrote, The Breath of Life, and then the subsequent books like Call to Holiness and The Hunger of the Heart. His Call to Holiness was a workbook about praying unceasingly, like we saw in Ephesians 6, 8, Pray Without Ceasing. We were fortunate to be able to be in the pilot group he did with his very first book on prayer, The Breath of Life. It was a fabulous experience with Ron. His books have been amazing guides to prayer. I used those to at least introduce my workshop folks to other ways of praying and that it wasn't just about doing it right. Most people thought they had to be like the prayers I heard early in my life who could just seemingly just pray the Spirit down on all of us and really take us to a place where we felt God's presence. Of course, they didn't think they could do it right because all of us aren't gifted that way to be a type of prayer leader that we could really help people see God's power come down upon us through the Spirit in prayer. I certainly don't feel I can do that as a prayer when I pray out loud. I try very hard to make my pastoral prayers be focused and powerful, but all of us struggle with doing it right, whether it's about praying out loud or praying in general. Most of us leave prayer out. We might say in our head, help me, Lord. And we didn't even know we were saying a simple breath prayer. And that's what the breath of life was all about. Breath prayers, as he talks about in his book, help us to pray unceasingly, that like we see in Ephesians six eighteen. And then in his book, The Hunger of the Heart, he talks about a call to spiritual growth. And there's all kinds of ways he shares in that book about spiritual growth and what it involves. But in chapter 16, he considers prayer a way we integrate our spiritual growth into holiness, holiness of heart and life through prayer and how we can grow spiritually through that experience. His books have been really staples for prayer since we worked with him in this pilot group it was wonderful to look back now on that experience and realize how fortunate we were to be right there with Rondell Bain as he shared his struggles for writing this book and wanted to know how it would work in a group. And later on, he did a workshop for the participants to use the breath of life and a workbook together to really think about the breath prayer. For me, that was one powerful way to show in my workshop 
how we can be in prayer unceasingly. And then I shared many other ways of praying. And I've shared this in a podcast before about all the different ways we can pray, visualization being the one I talked about before. But there are lots of ways to be in prayer and be in our room and close the door and be in prayer about those things that we really need to share our heart with God or just listen to God. Listening is a big part of praying sitting quietly. So I was able to share all of these things, and hopefully as a result of these workshops, many people left there with a renewed sense of prayer and sense of power of prayer so that they could use these different things that felt like it was for them, because all of us don't do every way of praying well or even get anything out of. A lot of people just think that, like, for example, the many ways of praying that some people do and get a lot out of, like the labyrinth, was not one tool that I ever used that really spoke to me in the same way it did many people. I I certainly liked the time I had with God and, and the prayers I did pray as I walked, but it never had the same power for me as I saw with other people. And that's okay, because I found other ways to pray that really did make me feel like maybe this is the way I need to express myself to God. And there are various ways I use today to pray. So I I just wanted to share with you, if you do a workshop, if you do workshops in prayer, or you feel that you're not doing it right, I would just suggest to you that there are so many ways out there. Rondell Bain's books are a great way to, to look at prayer, but there are so many others. Besides, folks, prayer has gone back thousands of years, and the Amas and the Fathers of the Faith, they have done a lot of things on prayer in all those years of the first church. And I would just suggest that if you really want to delve into prayer and see how it can bring power to your spiritual growth now, we always can go deeper with God and finding ways to pray in different ways can bring us really closer to God in the way that we interact. Because sometimes God feels so far away And even when we can't pray words, we know that in Romans 8, it tells us that the Spirit will pray for us with groans too deep for words. So even that is covered. When you can't think of words, maybe just thoughts, images, all of that can be prayer. So thank you for listening. I'm excited to have been with you today in this podcast. I pray for all of us that we find ways that we are truly gifted in our conversations with God, that we either can listen and learn from what we experience in that listening time, or that we can actually verbalize prayers that are powerful, or we can have powerful breath prayers. We can find tools that help us pray, like prayer beads, the labyrinth, things that mean and bring God close to us. It's different for all of us, just like everything else in life. We're individuals, and God made us unique. If you haven't found your mode of prayer that speaks to you the most, or you want to try different modes of prayer, I encourage you, because there is no right way to pray. And yes, you are doing it right if you're seeking God's presence with you and you're asking God to help you in difficulties in life. You're doing it right, no matter how you ask. Even if you just cry before God in your pain or or the things that need to have a touch from God to you. 
that's all legitimate prayer, and I hope you've never thought that you couldn't pray. And some people are just gifted prayers. I, I don't know that I consider myself that, but I certainly have grown closer to God in seeking Him in many different ways. I know maybe if you've listened to these podcasts, you've heard some wonderful podcasts on prayer that, that has lifted you up. So I pray for you as we go forward as a people of faith. And I pray that all of us find our unique way of being in conversation with God in our own unique way. God bless you.